when I think about how do marriages grow and how do they, they maintain having a healthy bond. And I think mm-hmm. we all need to develop rhythms and habits to really, to be able to do that. Cause a healthy, strong, thriving marriage doesn't just happen by accident and it's mm-hmm. not something that can be neglected and just kind of be there whenever you need it and want to pick it up. Um, Actually, I remember doing a sermon one time and I came across across this quote from Bob Coughlin. And he said this, that marriages grow through faithful practices, not just romantic moments. In the same way, worship is less about transcendent moments and more about faithful practices. And I even like how he ties the two of like worship and marriage yeah. together, mm-hmm. because I really want our bre- our marriage to be like a, fr- uh, like an, a, a pleasing aroma uh, to God. Um, but to do that and to have that kind of thriving and healthy marriage that it is built through faithful practices and not that the practices themselves are what matters, but it's the way that those practices help us to connect and attune to each other's heart, turn us towards God, turn us towards Mm -hmm. each other Mm -hmm. in order that we may be able to have a healthy marriage. With the heavy rains, I ain't scared of the marriage thing. I ain't scared of the marriage thing. Had to say it twice on a mind. Welcome to the A More Excellent Way podcast with Dr. James and Nicola Hawkins. Here, we seek to inspire and equip couples and families to go about their relationship with God and each other in, in a, a more, more excellent, excellent way. way. Hey, guys. Welcome back again once more. So last night, last time we got to check out um, and talk a little bit about how do I foster a healthy marriage? How do you foster a healthy marriage? You know, and so through that, we just also talk a, a little bit about some of the elements of a, of a healthy marriage. where We talk about the sense of oneness, right, um, with God and, and each other you know, reflecting on Christ's heavenly connection and yielding to each other, to Christ and being filled with the spirit, right? We mentioned about the complementary union, us being image bearer and really having a sense of this common kingdom purpose, right? And so we're going to go a little bit more, um, hammer down a little bit more on the actual like purposeful, intentional actionable habits that we can um, begin cultivating to help make our marriage last at least till death do us part right <laughs> at least <laughs> but i mean you're right nicola as we talk about these habits in no way are we trying to give you like this legalistic like if you do this then if you do this then by friday you'll have a brand new habit no that's not that. not exactly right and these are <laughs> things that nicola and i are trying to work on and making sure that are part of ours things we've learned from other people things mm-hmm. that we've read um and some of them just seem general and they could feel like uh, of course but we just want to make sure we talk about them and put them out there maybe it's just something that refreshes your mind and clicks back in and maybe you take this list and we'll make sure to put this list in our show notes um, for this episode mm-hmm. and you could take this list and it's something you could put on your refrigerator you can put it on your phone or something of that nature to be able to say hey you know I want to just maybe grab one or two of those or maybe one at a time one at a time one a month one a week whatever one a yeah. day to say I want to practice this Mm -hmm. Um, to try Mm -hmm. and cultivate my connection with my spouse. And it's also going to cultivate your relationship with God. Right. The thing I like about habits is like it's the thing that helps you to bring you back to your your end goal. You're trying to aim towards what a healthy marriage look like. And so these habits are just small little stepping stones, you know, that leads you to each other's heart and leads you to 
to connect with God and each other, you know, in a more excellent way, you know, and so I just I just like them. (laughs) (laughs) I, I like, I don't know, practicing, at least practicing more times than not, if not all all of these things all the time because that feels tiring. Um, But if I can remember (laughs) several of them, you know, just throughout, it feels good to say this is another way I can use to to draw a little bit nearer to my ideal. Mm, That's right. Yeah. So I'll I'll go ahead and go into the first one. Um, And not all of these are definitely not linked with any particular rate of importance. Uh, But I think it's important. The first one I'm going to say it's an easy one to do, and it's a it's a very important one. And it can be hard too. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> I'll Nicole. rank it as number one. Yeah. <laughs> first thing and first first and, and foremost. I'm put a term in front of that you're probably not expecting in one way, but we may have said it on another podcast. But this idea of triune prayer, and I can't remember the exact author of the article, but I remember uh, during my doctoral research, I wanted to look at. One, one part mm-hmm. yeah prayer and how does like even for christian couples like how does prayer factor in in affecting marriage and so this researcher i believe he himself was an atheist found that indeed people you know couples that prayed or said they prayed did have higher marital satisfaction scores mm-hmm. but what was interesting about his research was not just that they prayed but he even wanted to do more research on like what was it about prayer in a way that helped to increase marital satisfaction. What he really found in couples that where prayer helped them is they prayed, and I believe he used the term this triune prayer. And what it was is they were praying, or he called another term he gave really was was this idea of collaborative prayer. And where it is, is they're calling on God to be an active part of their marriage. And it says things like, God, I need you. God, we need you. Help us. You know, help me to love my spouse. They're actually like God is a, what he used in his thing is like this said deity becomes a third person in their marriage. Right. Right. And I think that should resonate with us as believers. Right. But he also found there were other forms of prayer that weren't necessarily good. And that could be like when you use prayer as an out to not deal with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, well, you know, well, you just go pray about it and I'm going to go pray about it. And I'm not saying like, and it's not like this idea of coming together. You're just like, you really it can be used as a conflict avoiding type thing. Yeah. Or using okay. prayer to where you're using to prayer. Tattle. To tattle. That's right, Nicole. And Lou, you've heard this before. Or using prayer to tattle. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to encourage you in this one right here is that, man, you can even just pray. And it's simple prayers. Like, well, that's one thing I love about the pastors of our church and um, the culture of the church. It's just so simple right there in the moment prayers. God, I'm feeling frustrated right now. And I feel like my heart isn't connected to my spouse. Help me. Help soften my heart. God, it looks like my spouse is sad right now. I want to put my hand on Nicola and just pray that you, your peace would be upon her, that you would turn towards her and that you would grant her peace. You know, or Lord, help us. We're struggling with this decision. We just feel overwhelmed or we're struggling with a child. Being able to pray this, those little small. Lord, help us. (laughs) That's the prayer we should have been praying earlier. (laughs) Anyway, we can go on and on about this one, but it is a powerful thing. And we want to encourage you not just to pray for your spouse, but to pray with your spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, We got Mm -hmm. to learn this from some friends of ours, the Imhoffs, and just like them just talking about, even if it's just getting a, a quick little one minute prayer up, with your partner every day before you leave mm-hmm. or, or hearing our pastor say you should always book in. Does it call it a daily bread? <laughs> the daily bread. That's mm-hmm. what they called it. That's right. Or even just hearing our pastor, you know, Jim talk about a book ending your day with prayer mm-hmm. where you begin your day in a small prayer with your spouse and you end your day with a small prayer with your spouse. Yeah. 
You know, I like that because it reminds you to connect back yeah. towards each other's spirit, their, your heart, you know, because if you're yeah. ma- mad at each other, you can't. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. How are you going to pray with somebody while you mad at them? <laughs> I guess, you could. I guess you could say like, I can't stand you right now, but we'll stand in front of our heavenly father. Lord, I thank you for this person that I can't well, I deal with. I guess you can't do that. It was like, <laughs> God, like y'all go fix that. Then come back and talk to me. Well, <laughs> he gets, I mean, he, you're inviting him no, in right. and, and you're confessing at the same time <laughs> in a way. <laughs> that's right. So that's why it works. It makes you have to confess while you're there. Like since we're before you guy right now, let me confess something. She show made me mad. <laughs> No, but yeah, but it is. And it's just like this idea of God, you're with us. And I think yeah. that's the thing, like even going back to the garden, if I'm just, and I'm not trying to take you no know, liberty of scripture, but just imagine if they could have said, God, we're being presented with this choice and we're struggling right now. We need your help. I know. I sometimes wonder that, like how differently would things have turned out? I don't know. Speculating. But anyway. We wouldn't spend a lot of money on clothes. Well, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a setup. Let's go to number two, Nicola. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, great. Well, sex, intimacy, communication about sex and intimacy and intentionality about the communication. Yeah. So sexual intimacy is important, uh, important part of bonding in marriage, right? It is a form of closeness. And even we talked about in one episode, like the neurochemicals and the processes to help you bond together. Right now, Nicole is, oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, you think, oh, people can't don't. see me. <laughs> James, please don't out me like this. <laughs> cover me, cover me. <laughs> Sabbath. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. No, but no, seriously. I mean, and so like even for us, we talked about this in one episode. You can't begin to ask, and I get it. No, every couple's going to have a different rate of frequency. But when you're going through these long times of not connecting sexually, to begin to ask your question, what's going on? And not that your marriage is evaluated by the frequency of sex, but it is definitely when there's an absence of that's just like what's going on. It doesn't mean something necessarily is bad between the two of you, but it can be things like we are just so stressed out and yeah. so tired or we're not having time to really emotionally even connect, which then there leads will, to, yeah, to, like to a, sexual intimacy or a decline mm-hmm, right? in it. Mm-hmm. But then sexual intimacy does help us bond together. So, yeah, absolutely. Talking about sex, sexual intimacy and things like that, if it's going through a season of illness, ailment or what have you, I still that sense of, you know, I desire, you know, just speaking that desire, even though I'm not able to, we're not able to allow it to manifest. That alone creates this other uh, bond, bonding element where it's like we're still on the same page about sex, even though we, it cannot actualize in a way that we prefer. And that allows a sense of openness and together togetherness yeah. versus we're hiding about it and feeling shame about it and closing off from each other about it. And I think that's why I say communication, absolutely communication so that both spouses know how to anticipate and how to navigate walking through. And also we want to expand just about beyond intercourse and it could be the holding of hands that matters. Absolutely. And, you know, a hug mm-hmm. that matters that even we find like just that even creates a neurological bonding mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. to even have those moments of just touch. Mm-hmm. A kiss, a hug, and those things matter. Like, mm-hmm. There's even times for me, it's even just like from my leg to touch Nicole's leg, like it is right now during this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm slowly moving. <laughs> Exit the building. <laughs> it just creates a form of bonding in itself, too. Oh, boy. And the next one we talk about is Sabbath. Yeah. Couples actually taking time 
to slow down and to rest together. That that could be an important part. And even, um, and I, I'm still waiting on the resource to come in, but just wanting to even study like the Jewish tradition of Sabbath and just practicing that and learning more about like even a part of how marriage is celebrated in the Sabbath, that talking about the picture of mm-hmm. a husband singing a praise over his wife mm-hmm. on the, mm-hmm. on the evening of, of Sabbath and, and, and in front of the kids. And it's like, they take this time even for them as a praise of worship to God, to slow down together as a couple. Um, and even in some, it's like this idea that the sexual union on the Sabbath Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on which you know group you come from and how to interpret that, but some will say this is an act of worship, mm-hmm. us slowing down from our work and business and coming together and intimately connecting is a form of Sabbath rest that's worship towards Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, in a sense of common purpose, you know, going back to the whole overall, what are we building together? What is God calling us to? You know, even if you're not doing the same exact work, you know, but you know, how can we support and show interest in um, one another in regards to uh, purpose and and life building and dreaming um, together? Yeah. I mean, that's the big part is like, does a couple have a sense of a shared dream and goal together Mm -hmm. that that really helps bond them? Like we're in this together. You're not just doing your thing and I'm doing my thing. Mm -hmm. We're doing Mm -hmm. a thing. And particularly when we go back to when we've been talking about, you know, the elements of healthy marriage, we have a con, a common kingdom purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Together. Shout out to, and I haven't finished reading it myself, but maybe you can go read Dr. Evans kingdom marriage book. Oh yeah. I started reading that probably like five years ago. I'm still (laughs) reading it. I have a lot of started books. Yeah. Same here, baby. (laughs) Number five, yeah. um, another another habit of a healthy marriage is living in, or, or really a habit to help foster healthy marriage is living community. Mm-hmm. That even though you are husband and wife and you're together and you are in a sense a little miniature community, the most basic element of community that God put in uh, creation, but that even marriages need a, a community to thrive and be healthy, a place where the husband and wife can be seen and known and supported. And like those people that can speak into your marriage, going back to when we said those questions that God asked, you know, who's influencing you? Mm -hmm. Well, of course, the number one person you want influencing you is the Holy Spirit because he's going to always lead you and guide you in truth and convict you of sin and unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the Holy Spirit does live in the community of believers. Yeah. And that the community of believers, as the Holy Spirit moves in their life, they can speak truth into you and encourage you. But they can also challenge you and confront you um, to help your marriage to thrive and to survive. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a a recent circumstances that two couples shared with me how if they were by themselves within this particular happening, how they would have probably fussed at each other and just kind of, you know, went home, you know, but because they were traveling together with another couple, how it became just such a a funny um, (laughs) happening and they could laugh at the scenario they found themselves in. But I just found it fascinating how, you know, they said they would have responded to each other and what what would have been going on inside of their individual selves and as a couple versus what actually took place because they were riding along with another couple is talk about immediately like that power of community. It also helps what I'm seeing in that, a sense of self-restraint, you know, sometimes we just let our hair down and let our guard down with our spouse to the point where we just let anything roll, roll out of our mouths or whatever thought we don't think to take it captive. But in a sense of them being together, it allowed them to exercise 
joy and peacefulness and forgiveness and just laugh about a scenario that probably would have taken a whole nother turn in the event of what was going on. So, okay. Uh, all right. Our, our another thing is just acknowledge disruptions and and move towards repair. So in this, it's the sense of when something comes up, you know, how quickly can we, hey, you know what? This is going on. We've talked about that sense of, you know, uh, the parts of being in the good with each other when we have disruptions. And then the huge part of it is to move towards repair, bonding, connecting like we cannot avoid disruptions. That's going to happen through health, a new child, you know, um, loss of uh, a loved one, disruptions, new job, new house, all of that will happen. But can we swing into repair and work towards recovering and getting back into attunement with our spouse. Guys, we're going to do one more. We're going to celebrate, um, talk about celebration, right? How we celebrate when good is happening in your relationship. You know, too often enough negatives going on around. So how can we find those areas in our relationship where we can just celebrate? Is it a birthday? Is it an anniversary? There's a friend that I have that celebrate half birthdays. I'm like, never thought of that. But hey, it's another way for their family to celebrate, you know. So whatever it is, just find little moments, achievements, um, scholarships, whatever. And not even just special, like things like that, but even when like we can pay attention to when things we don't like. Happen, yeah. Yeah. But also paying attention like, you know what? Thank you so much. Like, I know that that's been a thing for me and I just saw you step up in that way. Or even just like, man, when you did that, I didn't even know that was a thing that really spoke to my heart. But when you did that, it blessed me. Right. Like, don't let those things slip. Just like how we, you know, we will jump on kind of like when things happen that we don't like. Let us be people who are more prone towards like seeing and celebrating when we see good happening. So something as small as, hey, thanks for putting the toilet seat down or thanks for putting the <laughs> toilet roll on just the right way. <laughs> putting a toothpaste on. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. But um, I was going to say that we we need to do another, um, add on another episode to this so we can finish out. We're halfway through our list of habits for a healthy marriage. So stay tuned to the next podcast and we're going to go... Right on into. No, we're not going to do excellent points. Excellent, excellent point. point is we got more excellent <laughs> habits to talk about to help foster <laughs> a healthy marriage. That's all I was going to do to you. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. And we look forward to the episode number two with you about talking about habits of a healthy marriage. We hope that you have been inspired and equipped to go about your relationship with God and others in a more excellent way. Please subscribe to our podcast and rate us on iTunes. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at A More Excel Way. And check out our website at A More Excellent Way Relationship.com. Visit KLRC.com to learn more about the More Excellent Way.